Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, June 21st. I'm Jacob Cohen. By the way, if anyone knows where I can find quarters to do my laundry, please let me know. I went to a Chase Bank the other day and they said they haven't had any for three months. And that is what us in the industry like to call a problem. Maybe we'll do a story on it. Anyway, right now, let's get back to business. You are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about Amazon. The company has a unique problem in that it has now gotten so big, it is worried it will soon run out of people to hire, but it has some options like weed and robots. So we're going to discuss all that in a bit. But before we get to that, as always, a couple of quick things you should know about happening in the world of business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. All right. First things first, Bitcoin prices held out above $20,000 for most of the day yesterday after dropping to just above 17000 over the weekend. God only knows where they are as you're listening to this. It's down almost 60% year to date, as they say, can't spell crypto without cry. What's next? Pixar's Lightyear launched not quite to infinity and beyond a $51 million opening weekend is what it had at the box office below expectations and coming second to Jurassic World Dominion, $58.7 million. It managed to beat out Top Gun Maverick, though, at $44 million. But let's not forget, this was the film's fourth weekend in theaters. So really not honestly such an impressive stat there. Also, some stories that developed over the long weekend include Snap reportedly running internal tests on a premium subscription named Snapchat Plus, which will give users early access to new features. TikTok also said it moved U.S. user data to stateside servers run by Oracle. Leaked audio from internal ByteDance meetings revealed Chinese employees have had access to non-public data from U.S. TikTok users as recently as January. How about that? Also, SpaceX fired employees who were involved in writing a letter that called Elon Musk's tweeting and public behavior a frequent source of distraction and embarrassment. The number of employees affected is unclear. And finally, Roku partnered with Walmart in an agreement that will allow users to purchase Walmart products through shoppable ads on their TVs using Roku Pay. I feel like that's been one of the visions for TV advertising since TV could connect to the internet. And speaking of the internet, What do you do when you start a company that piggybacks on the rise of the World Wide Web and grows so big that there's literally no one left to work for you? Let's discuss. So let's step back in time to 1997, when Amazon had just launched its second warehouse. The company was still highlighting how many books it offered, 200,000 at the time, in case you were curious. And Jeff Bezos wrote his first letter to shareholders as a public company in it. He had an entire section titled Obsess Over Customers. In that section, he described the internet not as the World Wide Web, but as the World Wide Wait, basically saying that in its current state, it was slow, but he saw the potential to use it better to make a great experience, a fast experience for shopping that customers value. You know, since then, obviously, the shareholder letters have gone on to become basically the Bible for MBAs. And obviously, Amazon Prime now has more members in America than people who go to church. So the obsession over customers has really worked out quite nicely for them. 
and helped over the years scale their delightful world-class delivery services specifically. But providing this exceptional customer service hinges on having the workers to actually deliver it. And therein lies the problem, because Amazon may be running out of them. So there's this leaked internal memo that I believe Recode got a hold of that suggests the company could run out of eligible Amazon warehouse workers by as early as 2024. So the problem is twofold. On one hand, you have all this rapid hiring that's happened over the last few years. Amazon's workforce basically doubled between 2019 and 2021 from 800,000 or so to 1.6 million. As of last year, the company employed one in every 153 workers in the United States. Okay. You also have, on the other hand, all this rapid turnover. Many Amazon jobs are viewed as transitory, right? People don't go to work at Amazon factories for their lifelong career. People are coming and going. The company churns through about three times more workers than its competitors. So they have to deal with a lot of coming and going. It's hard to get people to stick around once they're even in the door or if they even get them in the door. You could say some of that's the result of what people call Bezosism, basically the management practice where Amazon's fulfillment centers employ all these kinds of sensors and software that track worker activity and warn employees when they're not working efficiently enough. Obviously, on the one hand, that's essential as a business to have systems like that in place to track their efficiency. But still, it's definitely not fun from the worker perspective. And if you're wondering how it's even possible for an HR department to hire 800,000 people over the course of a year or two, the answer is the company makes it really easy to get hired and get up and running in your role very quickly. I've read reports of people being hired and also fired at Amazon without ever talking to a single human. So all this rapid hiring and firing may have put Amazon in this mess, but the company has some options to get out of it, including relaxing the rules. So in places at higher risk of worker shortages, Amazon has been more lenient about its stringent workplace policies. Also, Interestingly enough, Amazon discovered that when screening delivery drivers for marijuana use, the company's driver applicant pool dropped by 30%, which is the opposite of what you want to see during a labor crunch. Now, last year, the company started instructing its delivery partners to explicitly advertise that they don't screen for marijuana, which they said could light up the applicant pool by 400%. So that's one option. Another option is increasing pay. Internal research at Amazon found that every dollar added to Amazon's minimum wage attracts 7% more workers into its hiring pool. Following that logic, an increase of $1.50 an hour would extend Amazon's runway by another three years. So that's another option. And finally, you could just have better planning in the future. Their HR division believes that the company can improve the situation over time by just ensuring that new warehouses have adequate local labor pools. But obviously, there is a very, very big elephant in the room here. And it sounds something like, beep boop, pop up, beep boop, pop, hello, I work for Amazon. Yeah, the company's going to be doubling down on automation here. That's probably one of, if not the biggest potential solve it's going to focus on for this issue. Robots are nothing new to Amazon, obviously. Today, Amazon's warehouse workers 
do their jobs alongside robots. The company purchased manufacturer Kiva Systems in 2012, which makes a lot of the robot tech they now use that you'll find in their warehouses today. And that deal's reportedly saved Amazon billions of dollars just in terms of productivity, what they would be paying more workers. Certainly, it's helped increase efficiency in their warehouse operations. Now, I recently spoke to an engineer here in Boston who works at Amazon Robotics. And he explained to me that he's working on a robot that replaces one human movement, specifically the act of taking something off of a shelf above your head and lowering it down just a table in front of you. Just that movement, taking something from up above your head and bring it down in front of you. Obviously, I said to him, be honest with me. You know, what's really the goal here? To help some workers save their backs? Or is, you know, there a bigger picture thing at play here? And uh, he said proudly, you know, in the short term, yes, we want to save some workers' backs and reduce injuries in the workplace. But yeah, in the long term, once this robot's good to go, we're just going to go work on the next movement. And then we're going to go work on the next movement. And then we're going to go work on the next movement until all the movements are covered. I asked him, you know, how does this make you feel, you know, doing this kind of work? And he said, frankly, I just don't believe people should be working in warehouses doing this kind of labor. Simple as that. And I found that fascinating because on the one hand, he has a real point, you know, but on the other hand, his work at Amazon is literally to get rid of his colleagues, his own colleagues jobs, which is really just a weird role to play and a weird place to be in. Now, Amazon reportedly has an internal goal of increasing productivity by 25% by 2024, strictly through projects like this and through improved automation. And, you know, what this guy told me was kind of just under the rug, you know, his personal opinions and thought process. But by then, by 2024, especially if current hiring trends continue, I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon's move to a robot dominant workforce will be explicitly stated as a company objective. And I think when that happens, it will cause quite a ruckus. But uh, yeah, that's a discussion for another day. And bada bing, bada boom. That is going to do it for us today, folks. As always, thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwick. And our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. See you tomorrow.